now arriving downtown Santa Monica Station. Hey Adam, it's time for Notes on Your Notes. I'm Adam Lesser. And I'm Joshua Townsend Zellner. Welcome to Notes on Your Notes, a podcast about the creative process and storytelling. Yeah. Josh and I are a little hopped up on cacao. You probably don't even feel it, huh? Did we Did we have some? No. You know what got me was the raw beans. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. That's straight up. We had a, a, friend, a friend of mine, Megan mm-hmm. O'Grady Green, who has had a cacao company. She swung by. And Lucky us. She brought a lot of treats. Mm-hmm. Stacked them in real sweet. What was your? So she makes. Um, I'm going to butcher this, Megan. So I just want to say I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> um, but basically, they were like a cacao-based food products. I guess that was part yeah. of her mission, which yeah. was to make cacao food. But anyways, she had all these different amazing flavors of cubes of cacao that were infused. So don't think exactly chocolate because it was more sort of like a richer yeah. sort of like consistency. Superpower foods. Superpower foods. But um, I'm going to go with, I really like the lavender. Lavender was was really soft and very lavender-like, yeah. And? And then there was the one that was really ultra smooth uh, that had like the sesame in it. That was in a nice choice. Yeah. And I think, uh, I really like the chai. The chai. That was the winner. You're I like, right. I really like you know, I really like rooibos chai with a little fresh almond milk. So that's kind of my style. Yeah. And it had, it was reminiscent of that. It was, was reminiscent. Yeah. Um, so this is short answers. Last time I did this with Josh, which was indulge <laughs> his cacao midday cacao tasting. Um, I was not super functional. But we had a great show, Harold. We had Harold on from Original Beans. They're a European chocolate maker. Yeah. And he was in L.A. Um, doing some marketing and tasting work. And we met him and Josh invited him on. And we had him on and he showed up with like a you know 17 pounds of chocolate bars yeah and uh i tried a bunch of stuff and then i I couldn't think (laughs) stuff (laughs) couldn't think yeah that was nice um i'm gonna go see harold in berlin when i when i go does everyone know that josh is going to europe for may yeah the month of may i will be do you have a plane ticket you know, I like to be really process orientated (laughs) soon. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm looking at different ways of getting there. I kind of want to do nonstop. No, different ways. Well, nonstop as opposed to, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, nonstop as opposed to, you know, like London Heathrow or, you know, some other flight to Copenhagen. Yeah. Yeah, It's Copenhagen, Berlin and Amsterdam. Sounds good. Yeah, sounds like a great yeah. way to spend May. Yeah, and I have I have classes. I have events happening in each each city. So I was just teaching. Check it out. Check it out. Che- teaching workshops. Um, I think this is a good segue into uh, our quarterly goal check in. Oh wow! Ooh. I just felt like I just felt like a shiver go up my spine. Ooh. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> my about, homework's late. Forget to talk about <laughs> accountability. Ouch! Adam, the dungeon master's here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was fun wow that was just so like in high school you know what happened was josh called me this morning and i said josh we're gonna do our first quarter 
check in about our own goals because I am, I write a creative workbook every year and it's uh, free on the website. You can go to notes on your notes dot com forward slash 2019 and download it if you haven't done it it's a process oriented approach to goal setting and um we did an episode in january and i sort of said well like well we should probably check in on where our own goals are because i have asked all of our listeners to set their own creative goals and hold themselves accountable or to find partnership to do it with and uh josh said oh that's a really good idea for an episode and i said cool like what was your goal for um, q1 (laughs) he was like um, do you mind going back and listening to the episode and just telling me what it was? And I was like, you're a failure. So here's... So I'm here's a creative a... partner is a failure. That's what so, I was thinking the whole time you were talking. Great. Thanks, thanks, Adam. <laughs> thanks for that little rocket fuel. So you know it was really fun for me because uh, because you mentioned it someplace in, in, in a Facebook posting and you said Q1. Yeah. And I went... Wow, Adam lives in another world. I've worked like, in corporate America. Yeah, yes. yeah, yes. and it's not that I don't know what Q1 is, yeah. but like for me to use Q1, uh, was there? Here's my question: uh, Was there a was there a moment where you thought it ref, like referred to some like special metal energy field, like a Q link, <laughs> or like? <laughs> Like some new like energy movement modality, like you, you definitely there was a moment where you're like, oh, this is something else, right? Yeah, I, first thing I thought was Q-tip. And, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, well, or I did QD, use Q one. It's arbitrary. Ideally, like you would check in weekly with someone <laughs> if you had a partner on this, and you would have a working relationship. Right, that was structure. Structured, structure, I know, Josh yeah. doesn't do structure. I do structure, I just do it in my own way. <laughs> I just do it unstructured. <laughs> I just I just do it non-linearly and with no accountability. <laughs> That's how I do it. Doesn't uh, but, it has, but it has to do with sometimes circles. Sometimes I get stuff I want done done, sometimes I don't, but as long as there's a little cacao, it's, yeah. it's what the universe wants. That's right. my favorite. Right at the end of the trail, there needs to be like I guess it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> Because I didn't get out of bed and do it. So, yeah, it wasn't meant to be. Come on, Mon. I'm doing so much German now because I'm talking to all these people in Berlin and stuff. So I'm like, ach, ach, ton, and jawolt, and you know, oh, oh, I kindergarten. Go, kindergarten. I almost want to go to Germany with you just to videotape you <laughs> offending Germans. <laughs> but I'm going to say words like kindergarten, and I'll be so happy. Yeah, I yeah. you know I want to check. There's a neighborhood in uh, Berlin called Charlottenburg, which is where my grandfather was born, cool. and it was the German, it was the Jewish, excuse me, the Jewish neighborhood prior to World War II, and um, apparently it's gotten really like nice and fancy now. Wow, that'd be fun. sort of like the Marais in Paris. Have you noticed that? I, sure. Sorry, that was a little. <laughs> sure. That was a little. Oh, one, oh. <laughs> that was a one percenty. <laughs> sorry, but anyways. So the, where do you summer? Where do you summer, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> that was bad look the only reason i got to go to paris is because my dad lived there in the 70s and it was really important to him but i've been yeah. i've been very lucky with a travel agent mother to travel right off um, but anyways the marais off-living. was the home of the orthodox jews in paris and now it's really fancy wow yeah i guess it's because it was a safe neighborhood well well located well there's there's another aspect to this which is which is really interesting 
because it talks about culture. And the culture uh, post-World War II was that people didn't want to allow Jews to be in, um, in certain professions. Right. And they were kind of, you know, marshaled to the margins. So they wound up going into things like restaurant businesses and owning real estate. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, they, unbeknownst to anyone, they position right, themselves for huge expanse financially. I didn't think about that, but I guess <clears throat> if you think about it, real estate, you're not really present. So you can kind of be, a, you can be in that business without being public. Exactly. And, oh, and, a, and certain, certain businesses were not favorable to... I'd love to look. People. There's apparently a really interesting history of um, Jews in retail um, department stores, businesses. Right, that's that another reason why. Malcolm Gladwell is always recommending mm. that he's a big fan of mm-hmm. about why they gravitated towards department stores. Department stores. And also, uh, you know, it's like, why are Jewish people involved in the diamond industry? And it's because, you know, if things got, well, if push came to shove, they could just take their, their stuff and leave. Oh, it's a portable, a portable asset. Portable asset. Yeah. Um, well, we're not going to talk about Jesus' whole <laughs> podcast, the Jewish show. I, I love how we went from like from being highly structured. Okay, so we're tracking now. Dragging me down your gutter of unstructured <laughs> thought. Feed me cacao. Non sequiturs. Contributing to my unproductiveness. Okay. Uh, here we go. Here we go. So, Josh, I. Q1. Went, Tell I me went about back Q1. And listened to the episode because okay. you didn't remember. And your goals for um, 2019 were to teach three workshops in cities you had never taught in. Okay, so this is what blows my mind. I know what you're going to say. You're going to get the, you're going to be like, "Well, it was meant to be because that's what I'm I didn't need to remember because that's what I'm doing anyways. That's how integrated I am." <laughs> that's exactly what you're going to say. Okay, so next time I want to do Adam is I'm going to have you come over to this mic <laughs> yeah. because you can do both parts now. It's not a bad idea. Oh my oh. Like when Bobby Bobby Ow. Fisher plays himself at chess. Ow. Oh, does he really? You know, it'd be funny. Are you serious? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. You just dropped something there. What? Are you serious? Did he really do that? A lot of famous chess players play themselves. It's a ma- fascinating. You would find that fascinating. I, I'm, I'm, I'm stunned into fascination. Yeah. You well, like- because if you're at that level, you like, you know, there, I think partially it's that there aren't as many. Like, if you need to practice, there aren't like as many people on your level. But part of it is also you need to get in like you're in the side of one head with one strategy and then you flip to the other side and try to beat yourself. It's very, yeah. That's, you're, you're literally blowing my mind right now because I had never heard that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm stunned into silence as I keep if talking. If you want to see a really good movie with um, Lawrence Fishburne and I believe Ray Romano from the 90s that I liked, there's a book, there's a movie called Searching for Bobby Fisher. Okay, but okay, which is kind of gets into some of these issues, but it's a, it's centered around a five year old who's a who's a chess prodigy. Okay, in New but, York City. so so oh, I kind of remember that. It was yeah. a good movie. Yeah. So here's here's the thing I'm trying to hold right now, it's which kind is a movie that will never get made today. But anyways, yeah. Here's what I'm trying to hold right now is Bobby Fischer A and Bobby Fischer B, right? right. Okay, so d- d- when he plays the role of B, does he forget about A? Like, does he do it on different days and trying to like? I don't know the answer. That's an no, 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 no. They go back and forth. He, he they actually move to one other side of the table. Right. No, but I know. But but sometimes when people do chess, like on like they're remotely playing chess, they have like a whole day to like do the next move. It goes really slow, but that's how some people do it. Um, I don't know about their process whether they took a day off, but when I have seen this, because then he tried to forget, like I do. Yeah, try to forget who you're playing. <laughs> yeah, forgetting Josh, <laughs> Josh Townsend. <laughs> So Josh forgets himself routinely. That's cool. Yeah. It's got me. Yeah. Uh, 
so that was your thing. And the other note from that episode was that this was an extension of your 2018 goals, which was really thematically about you uh, going into the public with your work. Yeah, sharing. Yeah, sharing, sharing more. Yeah, absolutely. And oh, you know, oh, I, I, I surpassed my goal because I'm also doing a workshop with uh, Dr. Dana in uh, Reese in uh, Escondido. Uh, on you know in, in when is it april 14th mid-april yeah april 14th sunday yeah. mm-hmm. it's three days from now which is awesome so um go and study with josh and dana yeah and you'll get to do embodied writing yeah Escondido, a soul of yoga starts at one o'clock and we're gonna go deep deep uh so what are the three cities oh uh amsterdam uh-huh ja berlin yeah copenhagen uh-huh and, and that, San Diego, so you're exceeding goals. Yeah, so I, I... Actually, when I listened back, I suggested five, and you were like, no, let's do three in my goals. Like, all right. And that was for the whole year, or was that for Q... That was Q, for the whole year. Or was that QT? Or Q2. Q1? Q. So now that you're going to basically but, knock out your entire 2019 goal by the end of May, right? I'm, you're going to teach in... I'm actually going to be teaching up... Uh, I haven't decided yet, but it's going to most likely going to be um, Portland. I'm going to do something up in Portland, and... And right, that's what I'm saying. Do you want to? Do you want to have? I mean, Josh, you've exceeded expectations and you've met all your goals. Good job. <laughs> you get a star ahead of the curve. Uh-huh. Um, it was to, to do three, and it sounds like you're on pace to do four by the end of May. And then you want to teach in Portland. That right. would be a fifth. Yeah, uh, which is hitting your goal for for, for me. me. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. as your coach. Yes, thank you, Doctor. See, I am your coach. You are I'm having to drag you into this podcast. <laughs> See, so right now, what I want to do is ask a question. Yeah, which go is, ahead. How do you feel now? I feel empowered. I feel enlivened. Good. Good. I feel, I feel, I feel my wild oats. Cause you really manifested this. Like it's not easy to set up in a European city and teach a workshop. Like that's a lot of work. Um, it, the one I'm teaching in Berlin is, um, <clears throat> at a, at a full on festival and you know, they just booked me, uh, Zoe something. I can't remember. Yeah. But let, let's go back. Yeah. What steps did you take to make that happen? Um, I was nice to someone. No. Okay. So, so seriously, uh, in Amsterdam, the situation is deep research following the trail of like an internet trail, if you will, and having the intention and, uh, and then just booking the space and, and, and not being result orientated in terms of, I must have blank. It's like full commitment. I don't care. You fully committed. And then the rest was just marketing it and then reaching out to people, which is not a small thing. It's not a small thing, but it's like, I'm not, I'm not, Mm, I'm not making a demand that it be a certain way or a certain number or whatever. And then Berlin came through really through grace, through knowing someone who knew someone who said, oh, talk to this person. They're they're doing a festival. They'll book you. So I'm just going to say I think it's probably 12% grace. Can you tell me what else you did to invite the grace into your life? Um, Well, first of all, making the intention to go to Berlin uh-huh. Right and saying okay, I want Berlin. And then what happened? Actually, what happened was I met this one lady online. This is not real life stuff online. And I was like, wow, really interesting work. And so then I I connected with her, but she hasn't connected back with me yet. Yeah, I haven't I haven't leaked any information there. That's good. Uh-huh. Um, and so uh, I'm like, well, that's cool. Um, there's other there's other possibilities. And so then. I was talking to this other guy about someone in, oh, here we go. I was talking to this guy from Russia who knew someone in Copenhagen. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, but I know someone in Berlin. 
So then I talked to that lady in Berlin, and that lady in Berlin was like, oh, I'd love to help you and work with you, but I'm going to be in Spain. But I know someone else. So it was like three, how many, three degrees, four degrees away? So when I'm, what I'm picking up from my perspective is yeah. that you kept reaching out to people and you kept pitching. Yeah, and, and people were kind and gracious. That's what I'm saying, grace, in the sense of like, oh, I can't help you, but try this. You know what I mean? And I, and I, kept, I kept showing yeah. up. It, yes. was, it was both, right? So you got the grace of some, some nice people in Europe yeah. Yeah. who trying to like help you out in yeah. a small way, each yeah. of them. Each yeah. of them like probably did a small thing, not a huge thing, but a small thing. Here, yeah. email my friend, yeah. you know. Yeah. But you kind of just kept going with it, mm-hmm. which is tough because I think particularly when you're trying to manifest stuff something there are a million ways in which it's just like no like and one interpretation of it is like no and another interpretation is like oh okay that door isn't going where it needed to go so let's see what's behind this door yeah i i prefer to have the phrase of not yet (laughs) (laughs) not yet um, but Josh yeah. was raising his eyebrows when he said that. Like, Not yet. Little, little hope. Like an old, like what my grandma did when she was like 75. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay, that's an interesting memory. Thanks Does for Does someone that. want chocolate? <laughs> it was like that. Anyways, go Well, ahead. it's almost like the little kitty thing. It's like, you want a little treat? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's really about the interpretation of the event, uh-huh. which is fancy way of saying, you know, I can either go downward spiraling on a no, or I can go, cool. What else is available? You know, it's interesting not to bring it back to sports analogies, but mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> I do love sports. I'm not like sports the way like Americans love sports, like to watch it obsessively. I don't watch that much sports, but I love like sports documentaries mm-hmm. and I love the craziness of professional athletes, mm. the way they, they're, they, you know, speaking of accountability and discipline, they're yeah. often very crazy. Anyways, I was, I was rewatching the magic and bird documentary from uh-huh. about 10, 15 years ago uh-huh. um, about Larry Bird and magic Johnson. And it was interesting. One of the things I remember is they interviewed Pat Riley about who was the Lakers coach in the eighties when they won five titles about what he, what he saw in magic Johnson. And it was interesting. He said, you know, so here comes magic Johnson six, nine can play every position, can play point guard, phenom incredible and he didn't talk about any of that he just said this guy had the greatest attitude he'd seen he said this guy had an and you you can kind of see it in magic johnson's energy whenever you see an energy he's just mm-hmm. a positive human being mm-hmm. i mean how can someone mm-hmm. get hiv in what 1991 and be like i'm gonna beat this mm-hmm. and then go build a half billion dollar business or a billion dollar you know it's like right. it's attitude I feel like we're getting into like a poster attitude is everything and I, what i want to do is create that poster for our listeners and it'll be you and just a cacao drizzled down your chest will you stop it and then no, you, you, but adam adam you're absolutely right because i was i was working on this from another perspective uh-huh. which is this which is as a writer as a writer uh-huh. there are certain baseline tools and techniques that someone needs right a foundation of technique if you will right. and that's that's you, you need to be at a certain level in order to get past a certain kind of round of notes like spelling or you know quasi semi-professional punctuation whatever once you get past that Uh then it's all mindset it's all attitude it's all how i show up to show up to my work and how i show up to working with other people because it's not to say that you, you can you can you can you have to be a nice person to be successful and not be a jerk as a writer or an artist but but why not right you know what i mean Right. So, um, so I feel like what you're saying is is very applicable to artists as well as 
sports people, which is after you have a certain technical baseline, then then yeah, you need to you know up your game uh, in, in a technical way. But a lot of it has to do with mental attitude, how you show up, and how you can keep showing up in a positive way. Like I so so th- so oh that's what I wanted to share. So that's my upside experience, right? I kept going, I kept going, I kept going. I've had other experiences in my life where I offered up a class and <clears throat> the numbers were less than desirable, uh-huh. and um, that was nicely said, uh-huh. and. Um, and I, I noticed that like I didn't, I didn't move towards teaching another class for another six months to a year or longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like you, you're, yeah. you're up until recent, not recently, the last couple of years, yeah. you would teach sort of sporadically. Yeah. So, and that's really changed for you, which I think is really awesome. You're yeah. just like, you're consistent. Yeah. Um, have you... Because I wasn't looking for a result because the, in, in the old, you know, the old past... Old Joshua. Old Joshua was looking for a certain result... So right. when you got like three people in your class, you felt like you like, failed. What yeah. did you feel like when that happened? Well, it's a very interesting process for me because in the moment for the moment, I'm 100%. Right. Because I feel like you're just like, I'm going to teach because I believe in what I'm teaching. Absolutely. But and, afterwards, what right, happened? Right. And so, so that's the part that I, sh- that's the part that's like impeccable with me. Yeah, is you are, that, you're very committed. Yeah, and it's like, I, I don't care. It doesn't cause a ripple in my consciousness in that moment. Yeah. And I'm 100% there. And I'm and in fact, if anything, it makes me even like more like enlivened because I want to make sure that anyone in the room is going to get full value and just so much. Yeah. And then, you know, there's the resting phase going fallow. And in that fallow stage, you know, after the, the creative release, um, you know, there's self-reflection that is uh, less than ideal. And it's like, you know, like, what are you doing? You know, why even bother? You know, you're not doing what you could be doing. What's the point? You know, stuff like that. Like, what's the point of teaching if only five people are going to show up? Yeah. And like, there's some negative self-talk that creeps in. Yep. And then yep. you start to believe the negative self-talk. And it's really not even believing. It just starts to feel bad, right? Like on a sensory level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. Uh, I would say it, it goes in. And then uh, I don't notice it anymore, but it, but it impacts my behavior. It's simmering in the background. Yep. So can I just ask what changed like in the last couple of years that you're now just like, eh, like I'm just going to go mm-hmm. forward and do this. I mean, because yeah. you're going to need that for Europe, right? We don't know if Big like time. Big one time. person or 50 people are going to show up to your workshops. I imagine it'll be somewhere in between that. And you're also much better at marketing now than you probably were like three years ago yeah. and getting the word out. Yeah. But what do you think, what do you think shifted for you? Working with you? Oh, that's so sweet of you, Joshua. But really. Well, uh, there is an element of us co-creating this podcast and showing up for, for each yeah. other and for the work, you know, weekly-ish, you know, um, and uh, putting up content and, and not having every, ah, here we go, not having everything hang on one, one feedback loop. Right. The one thing you definitely learn when you create a weekly show or really to some extent in today's modern world of constant social media is that you're just working. Yeah, it doesn't. You're just working. You're just doing the next thing that's interesting and exploring. And it's the last one's over so soon, which is very different from like mounting a theater production that takes six months or a year or multi year, you know? Yeah. But we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. So. You're saying like the the experience of just constantly working and putting stuff out 
is what kind of got you going. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, I don't want to leave this part out, but I do a lot of self-work on myself. And, you sure do. Um, you know, I don't, you know, so it's like, and I, I never, I never want to put myself in a position of, oh, this is the only way that you could work on yourself to get maximum results, because that's not my thing in yeah. life. But I do want to put out that, <clears throat> you know, uh, getting to know yourself and to work on yourself uh, in an honest way, uh, you know, both your upsides and your downsides. And also, you know what, focusing on my, on my positive attributes uh, and not worrying about the parts that I'm less... Um, facile with yeah uh and i i know you know uh, I, you know like okay uh, you know kundalini yoga pranayamas meditations um family constellation work um th- i mean there's so many other elements i'm delving so you're saying into. there are like therapeutic experiences that you've had that maybe have shifted how you feel have shifted your belief systems that are the backbone behind what we see on the outside, which is like, oh, Josh changes behavior. Now he's just mm-hmm. he's just teaching and not even worrying. And in fact, the numbers of workshops is irrelevant mm-hmm. at some level because mm-hmm. it's more just like it's now become a way of being for you. You're like, oh, State I'm going to this new city. Let's teach. State of being. And yeah. like, however many people show up, show up. But these are this is my system. This is my marketing system. This is how I reach out to people. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to teach for mm-hmm. this audience. Mm-hmm. It's more just like this is how I'm. And I have a career, so and, and and getting clear, getting clear on on how I interpret life, you know, and, yeah. and and being happy and being grateful and showing up. And then you know, I have to say that this guy named Gary V. Vaynerchuk. Yeah, you're a big Gary V. fan. I'm 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 a big fan. I really feel like I, I feel like he speaks such big universal truth through foul language and you know uh-huh. in, in a very street way. Uh, which is uh, very helpful for a lot of people to hear that. But if you distill his actual message down, it's 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 ancient teachings of 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 Buddha consciousness. Or so I have or, a sense of what I think. What? What's been helpful about Gary V's teachings yes. for me, and yes. I have mixed feelings about Gary V. I yeah. think he's a product of a hyper capitalist world. But anyways, I'm not. <laughs> Um, but anyways, what what is but, but, what is but, the but, teaching? So, so what is the teaching for well, you? Well, here's the thing though about that, and it's fine. You can hold any point of view. Yeah, I, I don't care because that's your point of view. But but if see here's the and this is the thing with a lot of people who teach or who share or however you want to say it. I do my best to extract the part that resonates to me separate from the person from the the, the the person who's delivering the message separate from the person who's the postman if you will that is so healthy it is it, it really you know is what he- i think when you're talking about that not, I, i'm interrupting you. yeah is that okay? Okay. yeah yeah please. it's a conversation i think about that about relationships both friendships personal relationships like yeah. it can be really painful and so, and really positive whatever either yeah. way but at the end of the day all you do have is like what did i learn from this person right like at the yeah. end of, like what what's good what positive can I take from this situation? Yeah. Rather than uh, this person is offensive to my existence in some way. So, and, 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 and the biggest loser in that situation is me. Right. Because, because someone is offering me a gift 
And if I can accept the gift and take that in and really work with it and use yeah, it, yeah. and then there's this other part where they're just like crazy, mashugana, they're not like, they're not ethical. Oh, I'll even do this. They're not ethical in a certain way according to my standard or whatever right. the hell that is, right? right. And, and I can release that and really just take in what they're sharing that, that will help me. Right. I've expanded my range of possibilities of people that I can work with to the nth degree. You know, it's interesting. You know what comes up as you're talking? And I want to get back to my original question is like what you feel like that, that teaching is from mm-hmm. Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm-hmm. Um, but I struggled this with this early when I first started meditating. I first started meditating when I was like 21. Mm-hmm. And um, my first introduction to meditation was through Shambhala, which mm-hmm. is a, 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 you know, Tibetan secular um, form of Buddhism. Um, and the, the history of Shambhala is not pretty. Um, and mm-hmm. I didn't know that when I first started mm-hmm. meditating. Mm-hmm. Chogam Trungpa Rinpoche, who started it, was a was an alcoholic, and then um, the person who took over afterwards. I think there was uh, sexual impropriety, and huh. I believe some people I may have gotten an STD that was not healthy from that whole situation. And I remember when I found out, being like so disappointed. Mm-hmm. And I remember my aunt, who uh, lives in Australia and has had some really really significant health challenges in her life. And has been involved with the spiritual community for like 40 years. I remember talking to her about it when the, when I learned. Because mm-hmm. these are the people I wanted to look up to. And mm-hmm. I'd, like, I'd read their books and I'd learned so much. And, and Pema Chodron is from the Shambhala tradition. Oh, okay. And her books are, I think, some of the best writings on Buddhism in the West She's ever. huge. Yeah. She's huge. Yeah. And, and a really amazing writer. Um, and she just looked at me and she said, she said, you know, not everyone makes it. Not, you know, this is what my aunt said to me. I love that. And it was like such a humbling moment. I remember she said, you know, we're on this journey and not everyone is going to to get there. But like, and I I look at it now and I was like, oh yeah, that's not the point. The point is just because someone failed in their own journey and on some way doesn't mean that like the writings of Chungam Trump or Rinpoche just because he's an alcoholic are are completely irrelevant. Yeah, We can't dismiss like that he may have had great insights into what it is to be a human being and also have not succeeded on some levels in his own life like and been deeply wounded and and had his own demons yes that was beautifully articulated yes and you know as you're sharing that with me i'm realizing that it's not about the other person that i'm giving that grace to i'm giving it to myself right because if I can if I can treat myself that way, like, yes, I excel in this way, and you know what? This area needs development, but it doesn't mean that I can't, I can't shine over here as I work develop at this other area. Yeah. I, throwing the, the water out with the baby or bathwater. Bathwater with the baby. Yeah. Bathwater with the baby, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Or Jesus said, what did he say? Uh, Let him who is without sin cast the first stone. It's, it, it's all the same stuff. You know what I mean? It's like being kind and compassionate with yourself right. and with others. So what is the essential teaching that you feel is ancient that imbues Gary Vaynerchuk's um, social media empire? Um, gratitude. He's really big into gratitude and just being... It, it's a very practical approach to... to, to uh, putting yourself in a mindset that's going to forward your life. Okay. He's basically saying he's basically saying if you have a positive attitude about life, not looking through rose-colored glasses, but actually positive, like I can do this. Right. That's a much healthier approach than being pessimistic. I agree with that. Yeah. So, I think that I think he does believe that. Yeah, and I think and, that's and, and he, he lives it. And he lives it. Yeah. To, to what we can tell. 
So like that's very simple. Uh, uh, empathy, have empathy, be the bigger person in every conversation. Uh, when you give, give without expectation. I mean, these are all, these are all teachings from ancient, ancient histories of, of you know, the mystery schools. Now, so basically you feel like Gary Vaynerchuk is like the modern Buddha? Um, I don't know how he comes to the distillations that he comes to, uh-huh. but the distillations that he comes to are based in, 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 in mystery schools, yes. But I, how he arrived to it, I do not know, and he doesn't... I think what I struggle with sometimes with... And it's, and, and it's, also, it's also my interpretation of it, too, because you could, you could look at that without... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think what I struggle with when there's such a huge profit motive behind someone's quote-unquote spiritual work... I struggle with that a little bit and that's my own issue, right? Like why shouldn't he, Gary Vee get to make money off marketing empathy? Well, I feel like it's about creating a culture where he talks about the word kindness. So he's creating a culture in a world, especially inner, inner city uh, school kids and uh, other markets that he's hitting where yeah, kindness had to is bring in, it's for the kids, man. No, but, but it, no, but I mean, it's real. Like, like, like I've seen, I've seen 14, 15, 16 year old kids like come up to him and, and you know want to do a selfie with him and, and like and like sit, thank him. So I mean, at least from that one off, right? And 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 I went to an event where he was at. I went to okay. I uh, went to an event that he did here in L.A. Uh-huh. There was a line literally around the block, literally. He was there from seven to ten, and I was in the back of the line because I got there like at eight, and I don't care. Anyway, so I got to hang out with a bunch of people that wanted to meet him. That was interesting to me. And then 10 o'clock came, and the store closed. And you know what he did? He stood outside and shook each person's hand that was waiting and did the selfie and did the thing with, with them. And he was, and I was one of the last people in line, uh-huh. and I didn't get to see him until after 11. I think it was like 11. Did you get your 11, selfie? Yeah, eleven twenty. What'd you do with your, your Gary Vaynerchuk uh, selfie? Uh, I'll, I'll I'll share it one day. But <laughs> it was around eleven twenty, eleven thirty, and he was still there. And then I hung out more because I want to see, right? I want to see how you know what the character is, right? So he he, he was there all the way to like until the last person had 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 their hand shaken by him. And now I was like, he doesn't need to do that. No, 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 I think he genuinely likes that role. I think that's why he's yeah. so successful at it. Yeah. Because I think it is actually what he loves doing. Yeah. You know, he loves talking. Like, he's a motivational speaker. Like, he loves motivating and inspiring people. But that's, he's the, do- that's his character. But he's doing one-to-one for an extra hour and a half. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he genuinely cares. That's huge. I think he wants to lift people up. Yeah, he, and it, it's, you know. So when he puts out the word of kindness, I don't look at that as a marketing tool or empathy. Just talking about the word. Do you know? So when you see that, like, he's named his wine company, like, his brand of wine, Empathy, you're just yeah. like, I mean, I don't care. He can name it whatever he wants. Right. But I look at it as, like, I think I, there's a little part of me which is, like, and I think it's the way like mindfulness and spirituality has become mainstream in, in capitalist America. Uh-huh. And this has nothing to do with Gary Vaynerchuk. I think everyone's doing it uh-huh. where it's like everyone is trying to make money off spirituality now. I think there's that aspect of it. I'm a little bit like, okay. you know, I don't know if it's not. A, see, for me, it's not a black or white thing. It's more of like, huh? Okay. Like that. There's some, there's another motivation there. Okay. So, so then we talk about intention, which is right. what, what's the intention of the character? Right. And so it's a very interesting thing because a character can have uh, consequences that are above their own their own personal 
intention, right. and it could have a ripple effect that could be very positive. I personally feel that having anything named empathy or anything named kindness helps the culture move it towards right. that area, as opposed to, like in the, was that one, The Wolf of Wall Street, when everything was about selfishness and like getting everything I can? Sure. I mean, that, that's been pumped too. It, it, you know, so every, at one time, everyone was all about, it's all about me. Greed is good. Right. So what culture do I want to co-create? I want to co-create a, a culture where em- empathy and kindness and compassion and uh, there is no other and, you know, right. w- words to that effect. So your point of view is like, look, if we're going to live in a capitalist society and we're going to have shit marketed to us, let's buy stuff that has language that is positive. And that helps r- make that a reverberation within the culture? Yes. Right. As opposed to the other, because the other will be present too. As opposed to calling it like ball or wine or like bling. So bling kind of <laughs> or or greed is good wine or greedy greedy wine or you know what I mean? G I G. G I G. G I G Y. Gig. Gig. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So that's that's. So how about you? I mean, we need to check in with you because I know. Well, I just have one final question, okay, which yeah. is like. So now that you've achieved your goal, 2019 goal, by basically the end of May, are you going to, can you make, yes. do you want to extend some yes. goals? Do you have other goals for the rest of the year? Are you going to rest on your laurels? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going on here? Oh, ouch. Ouch. You're, you're smiling. Well, if we're, if your is, smile in that moment was priceless. Is, you lit up the room, baby. All I got to say is if this... If this show is an homage to Gary Vaynerchuk, what would Gary say right now? WWG. What would Gary, Gary would say? Do, what would Gary Vaynerchuk say? WWG. Gary would say, D. dude, I was shucking ice 14 <laughs> hours a day when I was tw- nine years old. And so if you're teaching five workshops, you can teach 15. Right on. Um, I would, uh, you know, I don't know if, I, I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think of like what would be, what would help me develop the best, right? That's, the, it's not yeah. a, yeah. Um, Hmm. Good question. Let me let me have that role in the background while, while we okay. chat about your. So I just want to say why one thing. The best one of the best things I've gotten from Buddha Gary is um, yes. to not care what other people think of your project. Oh. And yeah. I think he works in a medium where he does it properly because he's so social media centric. And I think that is really a world where it matters that you take on the point of view that it's unimportant what other people think of me. And it's hard to do in that world because there's part of what's built into those systems that were designed by people. Um, to trigger people wanting validation. So to enter into a world in which you want validation and to not care about whether you get that validation is a tough call. Which is a result. Right. And and I think that has been the most helpful thing Mm -hmm. to get out there, do it. Other people, your family, your friends, people from high school you haven't seen in a decade, it doesn't matter what they think. That's what I find helpful. You know, the other thing he brings in a lot is regret. Is it like getting re- getting really in touch with the energy of regret and making sure that you weed that out? Because you do not want to be in a position when you're 75 years old, sitting there uh, unable to do certain things and to have that regret. Because right. re- regret does create bitterness. There's no question. Or sadness or whatever. Right. Yeah, it's not a good energy. Yeah, you got to do it. Yeah. You got to do it. And uh, I think... It's toxic to continue doing work that you hate unless yeah. you absolutely have no other choice in order to eat, you know. And then, and then Gary Vaynerchuk talks about the thing of, of creating your side hustle so that you don't, you don't create that imbalance, <clears throat> you know, by putting all your life energy into a money gig 
and never putting back something into you. Yeah, and I think that's something, you know, because this is an episode about accountability that we've sometimes dealt with, which is that like when I'm speaking to people who are having a hard time prioritizing their creative goals, uh huh. Um, it's usually like they've been so locked into something else in their life and uh-huh. prioritizing other things in their life. And it's always about turning the ship slowly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, can you find 90 minutes this week to do something you like? Mm-hmm. Cause we talk about side hustles. Like, can you just schedule out a couple hours a week to start planting the seeds of something you, that could bring you more fulfillment and, and, and more than that, answer the question of whether it would actually bring you fulfillment instead of it being a fantasy, right? <laughs> instead of being like, man, it's going to be so happy when I like have time to like finally write that novel or start that chocolate company or whatever the hell I would fantasize would make me happy. Maybe it wouldn't make you happy. I don't know. But the only way to, to answer that question is to start doing a part of it. Okay. So here's, here's the word I've been working on. You just said fulfillment and I say fulfilling. You're saying in the moment. The yes. Yes. And keep driving towards fulfilling and fill your days with what's fulfilling. Right. And then you don't have to worry about the fulfillment because that's a result of everything that was fulfilling. And I may not, I may not particularly find a certain part of my uh, process fulfilling in and of itself, but on the wider scope, it's very fulfilling because of what I get to do. Yes. You know, so having a little balance as I work on the fulfilling, of course, but you're absolutely right. Um, incremental shifts and am I creating, here's the question I ask, which is, are you creating more of what you want or are you creating more of what you don't want? Right. Which is, I know is simplistic, but that's how simple it is. It's like, are you creating what you want? Yeah, and it's not just in your um, work life. It's like everything. It's everything. In, in your relationships with people. One of the biggest obstacles in terms of being a creative in this world is who you choose as your as your friends and your significant other. Yes, your peer group impacts and a lot of your decision-making and your occupation and time. And the closer they, the closer, the more amount of time you spend with them, and especially under the same roof, in the same bed, it really creates... Um, Th- that that needs to be in alignment. Let's just put it that way. For sure. You wanted to know about where you, I am. Yes. We're, um, oh, yeah. We, so wait, did you answer my question? Or it, it's in the back burner. Back burner. Yeah. Got it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Too much cacao. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Um, it has burned out my short-term memory. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it helps Josh like process in the background. Uh, my goals for 2019 were to uh, perform, read a story at an open mic every month and to transcribe two of the five notebooks of personal stories I have. That was the end of Q1 goal. Um, so on the first part I did, I did it. I, I read out in Kauai, which was beautiful. And then I actually, I'm going to say I exceeded expectations a little bit on in March. I had a show at the Fanatics Salon in Culver City that had 20 minutes on stage, Joshua um, was an enormous support for that. Uh, so that was my second. And then in, uh, shortly, God, too soon in, uh, like a week, I am going to do it again at, on April 18th at the notes on your notes, uh, April, uh, storytelling event. So in downtown LA, so that's going well. Um, I just want to say that people are, our listeners can't see this, but I am smiling ear to ear. So happy for you. My eyes are all lit up. I'm just like, and I gave Adam a little high five. Josh gave me a high five. Because uh, uh, absolutely uh, surpassed expectations in both quality and in duration. And you, I mean, it must feel great. How, how does it feel? 
to set the intention um, do it's it. It's been good to do it. I mm-hmm. think I've, I'm learning about, for me, it's like, it's answering the question. Mm-hmm. Like, what does this actually feel like? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's pushing me in new directions, just dealing with my anxiety that I feel on stage sometimes. And it's also, uh, yeah, it's getting me in contact with pressure because I'm, I haven't thus far repeated material. Mm-hmm. You know, everything mm-hmm. I've done has been uh, new material. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was at I was at Westside Comedy Theater this week and I saw Neil Brennan a couple times a month host oh. host Tuesday nights. Oh. And um, Neil Brennan created The Chappelle Show and he has a couple Netflix specials, one called Three Mics, which I quite like and which is really great, actually. I was hedging. I really liked it. He was really <laughs> honest. Talked about depression, his relationship with his father. It was great. And Andy did comedy. So, um, but anyways, you know, that night is all new development. Mm. You, everyone comes out with new material. Mm. And it was so funny. There was one comedian that came out and everyone's like, yeah. And he's like, don't get too excited. This is all new material. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But anyways, Neil Brennan came out on Tuesday with a, a legal pad of just jokes that he like and notes and he put it on, you know, on the speaker on top of the stage. I love it. And then he just got up there for 20, 25 minutes and told jokes. Yeah. And it was all new stuff. And I think that sort of mindset of like me and my storytelling yeah. is what I'm working on. Yeah. Um, so how's it been? Uh, yeah, it feels good to do it and not t- talk about doing it. And hmm. that's, inter- that's interesting noticing right there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing I think that's changing is like, I'm not there yet, but I'm reaching a point where I don't care whether the audience likes it or not. Ooh, that's really helpful. That's what I'm working on. Yeah. Cause I did some pretty vulnerable material at the March show and that was hard. And a friend of mine said, Oh, you know, that was brave what you did up there. And it was so funny. It reminded me, Amy Schumer does this joke where she, I think she posted a photo of herself in a bikini on Twitter mm-hmm. and people were like, Oh, that was brave. And she was like, that's not what you're supposed to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I want to hear. Uh, that's funny. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I don't know if that's what I want to hear, but um, it was, that's been, it's been positive and it's just, you know what it is? It's uh-huh. like, it's a lot of new things, yeah. trying new things, you know, like other things I've done a lot. I've written TV pilots before I've mm-hmm. written personal stories before mm-hmm. I've, uh, written short stories like this mm-hmm. is completely this is just new mm-hmm. so so, so t- t- three things one is uh, i have a t-shirt that says be kind be brave yes um and that's at a 1440 a, a retreat center up in the bay area um the other thing that you just talked about was oh about doing new things new things and what i want to share about that which is which is really interesting um i worked with this one um lady lovely lady who was is is was a professional ballet dancer and then she was moving into doing work on stage as a as a performer as an actor storyteller and we talked extensively and concretely brought over specific skill sets that she had developed as a professional ballet dancer Mm. into her work on stage yeah because there is there is no reason to reinvent the wheel. There's no reason to like redo these things when you have this amazing skill set that you just need to overlay on this new area. Right. And I feel like a lot of the work that you've done in your past, I hate to say this, but you're growing exceptionally fast and exceptionally well. And I feel like partly because of that is because you are 
consciously or unconsciously are doing that overlay. Oh, uh, you we, mean like I rely on my storytelling past? That you're taking the skills and the skill sets and techniques and other things that you've developed over in other areas of your storytelling world and overlaying them into your performance right. world. And and it's it's quite masterful, and I really enjoy seeing that. It's very supportive, Joshua. Thank you. The and, the the and hours you spent with me giving notes were immensely helpful. I appreciate that. And and just to be clear, like the what Josh is talking about a little bit, like the growth actually is more in speaking and performance and delivery and embodying mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. stories mm-hmm. rather than just writing them because I've trained to write them. Whereas like some people. You know, I don't know if we're talking about the, the woman you worked with, but like some people have enormous performance mm-hmm, mm-hmm. chops and like mm-hmm. I've trained in that, but they don't necessarily have storytelling ability mm-hmm. and everyone's working from a different plate. And it's like our choice in all of these things is to work to see like, what do we want to work on? Like even this podcast, like if we had to do this again and relaunch today, mm-hmm. there are a lot of things I would do differently mm-hmm. because I had never launched a podcast. Mm-hmm. And like there are things I understand now that I would change. Small, some of them small, some of them large, but that's where my growth was. You mm-hmm. know, like that's what mm-hmm. I had to learn. Mm-hmm. That's what I kind of think it's cool about people start businesses. Is like there's so much learning that they has to occur. Oh right, mm-hmm. and they're always exp- like figuring out. You, it really puts you face to face with what your strengths and weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. But and and this is the same thing. It's like yes, I'm bringing in 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 this goal for this year. I'm bringing in those. Mm-hmm you know, those skills that mm-hmm. from working and that those skills were, you know, pretty hard earned, you know, yeah. years and years of writing stories and trying oh, to get yeah. better at it and yeah. getting notes and realizing what I was doing right and wrong. Um, so again, doubling down, doubling down on your strengths yeah. is always going to be a good choice. Yeah. You can always develop in, in the background other areas, but if you're looking to break new ground, Break it with what's innate to you. Keep right. saying yes to that. Yeah. W- whatever that is. If that's like being highly structured and working, you know, dogmatically, work that way. If it means working on a riff and being improvisational, develop. I- I'm non-dogmatic about which side. Yeah. But make sure that you're embracing that which is like, for yeah. you. Yeah. And I think one of the learnings has been for me is like to pick something small and focus on working on that, which was some advice you gave me, which mm-hmm. is like, don't try to fix the whole 20 minutes that you're about to do on stage. Like pick like mm-hmm. a 25 second chunk, really explore. What was the point of view of the character? What is the character feeling? How do you push it towards a great, a stronger point of view? You know, how do you just do that moment? How can you feel that moment in your body visually, physically, you know, and rather than, cause you can't fix, it's just too much. It's too much. It's too much. So I'm, 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 you, I'm, you're, I'm so passionate about this. I can't even tell you. Execution. It's all about execution and making that execution realistic. It is not realistic to do 20 minutes on stage when you don't have a habit of doing 20 minutes on stage on a daily basis yeah. or weekly basis. To do 20 minutes and to be expect to be fully present for 20 minutes. That's not a realistic expectation, and that's going to shoot you. But what is realistic is exactly what you just said, picking three spots in your piece and go, I want to nail this, this, and this, and then have uh, practical techniques or things that are measurable. You go like, wow, I really approached that really great. I got into the center, and then at the end, it kind of trailed out. It's like 20-second, 30-second chunks. Yeah. And the exponential growth from working like that 
is huge as opposed to just doing what I call run-throughs. Hmm. Run-throughs will not develop your, your skills and talents as an artist. I just also want to say one big takeaway that people should consider in terms of their own goals is just group uh, support and accountability. Mm-hmm. I didn't do the show alone. There were two other mm-hmm. writer performers, mm-hmm. uh, Corey Reddish and Carrie Nidro, both incredibly gifted. Mm. And uh, there was just group accountability. There's no way I would have been able to do this by myself. Like yeah. Carrie handled the theater and Corey handled, you know, the drinks and everything and made her, her office available for rehearsal. And like, so like, uh, if possible, collaboration, the same way this podcast happened because mm-hmm. Josh and I were working together. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't always have that. Believe me, I know having mm-hmm. spent a lot of my life sitting in a room writing alone, mm-hmm. but uh, when you can, it's enormously helpful. We're artists, you know, and w- w- artists create most of the time in collaboration, especially when it's being for public for public consumption. So yeah. what, what else did you want to... Oh, so the, I was just going to say, yeah. and this was something I wanted to talk about, is that the other major goal for yeah. this year was um, to transcribe those books mm-hmm. and to do two by the end of Q1. And I did one in like 15% of the second book. So I did not meet my goal. And I was working on it this morning and I was like, it's just taking a lot longer than I expected to type up like yeah. 400 handwritten pages. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and I was, it made me, you know, I think sometimes you have to be, to make adjustments in what you're working on in terms of your process and like, think about, well, where am I trying to get to? And is this working? And I just was realizing like, I'm sitting here transcribing these notebooks, but what am I trying to do? What I'm trying to ultimately do is use these stories as source material to develop something else. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I need to type up every one of them. Maybe what I need to do is read through these notebooks and pick two or three from each notebook and be like, you know what, these are the two that I want to develop because the reality, each of them are like two to four pages mm-hmm. and none of them are anywhere near developed. So it's more a question of like, what is interesting to me in this notebook that I would like, I would develop and what would I come back to? Mm-hmm. Because the ultimate goal is to develop essays mm-hmm. and stories. And so I think I may adjust my process towards read the notebook, which itself takes a long time because my writing mm-hmm. is illegible and they're each like anywhere from 70 to 120 pages handwritten because some of them I wrote on the back of the pages and try to pick the two or three most interesting stories from each notebook for me and then develop those. Okay, you got another smile out of me ear to ear on that and just glowing over here because that's really what, I feel like that's so important to be able to adjust the things that you set into motion. So, you gave it a go, right? It was longer than you expected. Yeah, it's just it's it's hard to transcribe day right. after day. And then and then you look at your long term goal, like why am I even doing this? Right? What do I really want? This is this is the important question. What do I really want? What am I really looking to is is this an exercise in futility? Is this an exercise just to transcribe the, and and then for what? But then you're actually taking care of yourself by going, you know what? What would be more fruitful? more fulfilling for me and where I want to go is to extract the things that I really want. It'll always be there. You can always reference it later and to adjust it and go, you know what? In Q2, because you're a QT, I'm a Q guy. You're a Q guy. Is uh, is to, is to say, you know what? I want to be able to extract what I really want and, and write a fresh 12 minutes, you know, you know, or or hone, hone a 12 minute thing. Hone a 12 minute. Because that's a better use of your time. Sometimes what I experience is anxiety, like 
uh, which what should I develop here? And if I ignore this, am I developing something that not developing something that could be good? But I think the reality is it's just like a gut feeling. Like sometimes you just read something you've written and be like, I feel like there's more here, mm-hmm. and I feel like there could be something here. So I'm working on that. So I'm gonna shift my Q2 goal away from transcribing. I would have probably done two more notebooks and I would have almost been done. But I'm actually gonna shift the goal towards um, reading through two notebooks for a quarter, the second quarter. And from each notebook, let's just say two stories that I could, you know, transcribing two stories and developing those further. So we get two from each notebook, we get four. If I was sitting here at the end of June and I had four more stories that I'd either come from those notebooks and develop that would be a better goal for me that'd be a better improved outcome i love it basically i was like i don't want to die transcribing these notebooks never having actually developed anything from them yeah right on yeah, yeah. like i don't want to spend this time so that was it and then i, I just to hold myself 100 percent accountable yeah one of the things i did say i would do that we i made any progress on is um I think you requested, I don't even know if I agreed to this, but it was definitely something that came up <laughs> to read one of my stories at the end of each, not each, but once a month at the end of our show. Great. You're like, that's a great idea. That, that gonna, is. I wonder who came up with that idea. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, actually, I, but that, that's that thing of that memory thing. Like, like I don't yeah. actually remember saying that, but it's a great idea. You know, what's terrible sometimes uh, when I read writing I've done from like five years ago, I'll be uh-huh. reading it. I'll be like, you know, what'd be good if what went here. And then two sent- sentences later, that's exactly what <laughs> And it's kind of depressing because I'm like, oh, man, I am like really annoyingly consistent. And I'm like, I wonder if that makes me less creative, that I see the same note in everything. No, I, I actually, I actually, I have, I have a strong perspective on that. Uh-huh. When, when I give the same note, unbeknownst to me, at the, at the same thing, to the, and someone says, oh, you already gave me that note, I go, okay, that means it's a true note. Meaning right. I, I'm not carrying anything from the past with it, mm. and it, I'm showing up again. It's like it, it, it's like when you go along a path and you hit a bump in the road, yeah. you're going to notice the bump. For sure. And some people are insensitive, and they won't notice the bump. Yes. But I think, it, I think it's a, actually a, it's a healthy trait. Yeah. Yeah. So that's everything for me in the second quarter. These, these check-ins, they always take a while. But yeah. we really got into it today. We did, and we went far afield, but but also big picture stuff is really important because that's you, you not micromanaging your thing about the two books and beating yourself up about not getting the two books done, and then recalibrating to be more uh, more supportive of who you are and where you're going is huge. And I want to congratulate but you on that. I just also want to say it took me 12 weeks of going down that path to realize it was not the right path. Well, better than a year. Yeah, better than a year. So. And and better than like doing it in the better than beating yourself up for two years for not doing it. And then when you find when you find it wasn't even really the thing for you to it do. Wasn't the thing for you. Yeah. So I want to circle back and say, have you um, now that you've you've been churning? Yeah, I wonder if I have a suggestion for you. Let me see. Throw it out. Because I have one in the back of my mind now. So, And, and if they match, then, then it's like, uh-oh. So let me just back it up a, a minute and okay. say, like, what is, what is, like, the deepest wish in terms of your teaching and, like, your creative thrust right now? Like, what is it you ultimately... I love it when you talk sexy like what that. What is it you ultimately... Thrust. What's the vision? Thrust. Um... Ultimately, it's um, huh. Ultimately, it's about um, uh, making an impact 
and finding finding the best possible way in the shortest amount of time, but also the deepest, to uh, uh, I'm making a movement with my hand, like like drilling in, like to, mm. to, to penetrate and to make the note go in. Whatever the note is, it doesn't make a difference what it is. Yeah. To make it go in in such a way that, ah, here we go, that it, that it creates a seed or that it sprouts a seed and then it creates a growth. Okay. That's, that's the... Um, that's the, that's creates the a seed in the recipient of like, this is how I could see my creativity. This is how I could begin to work. Yeah. Like this is how I could be transformed. Yeah, because I, we live in a world... Like, uh, uh, if, if this feels self-congratulatory, but it's not. We, we live in a world where I saw someone's uh, tape of, of a performance, and the person, there's an old saying, they went up on their line, meaning they didn't remember their, their line of dialogue. Mm-hmm. And if a certain person, a certain person with a certain background saw that, their note would be, well, you got to memorize your lines. Mm-hmm. you got to work harder. Right. And my note to them is, congratulations, Here's some techniques that you can use to help you work deeper into that beat, because in that beat, there's a lie, there's a mis, there's a misstep, there's something outside of logic that's not integrated in you. That's why you didn't recall it in the moment, or you know it by heart, and and there's something that went off in your mindset, right? And to to reintegrate yourself into that moment using certain techniques. But it's not about the technique, ultimately. It's about you speaking your truth in right. the moment and then going back to the imaginary circumstances. So, like, that was very fulfilling for me because after I finished that session, I thought I reflected on it. I was like, wow, wow, that's so helpful to share that as opposed to learn your lines better. Yeah, like being harsh. Also send you down a wrong road because it's not about learning the lines. Mm. That's That's... A misconception or it keeps you in a certain box let's put it that way so here's here's what i'm thinking Mm -hmm. and you can tell me how it feels for you yeah this is what i'm wondering yes i feel like you have a lot of you have a very strong point of view on working with people and creativity and process i feel like it's time to start like encapsulating (laughs) it I, love, I feel yeah yes papa i feel like <laughs> it's time for you to get married and start a family, family son i'm thinking like i would like to see you start developing like a 20 minute talk that you could mm. you could go out and mm-hmm. give mm-hmm. to the world and mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that you could go and like be you know mm-hmm. and i'm sure you give versions of this when you teach mm-hmm. but like something really like start working on like this is josh's manifesto okay that was interesting. That's I, I'm I'm really taking it in. Yeah, no, I know. I know it's not an immediate because it would really be it's it's part of the larger vision of Josh being in the world with his beliefs and what he has to teach. In a world. Um I like it. I feel like it, it is part of my continuing development. Um hard pass. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. Um uh, I feel like it's also connected to working in organizations because I thought you were going to go in that direction slightly. I thought, oh, you're going to ask me to like talk in front of an organization as opposed to a group of artists that come together, you know, by invitation. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, but, as you're talking, I was like, could Josh give a TED talk? 
would Josh even be interested in giving a yeah, TED talk? Not, not, I mean, that, not, uh, not really. Well, it's not that it's not, it's not an, it's not, it's not a hard, it's, that's not a hard no at all. It's just that like, I look, I'm, I'm looking at my own development and I'm like, is that the next step for me? And I went, no, that, that, that doesn't feel like it. What feels like the next step for you? Um, well, the one you opened up, I think is fascinating. And, and then I would build that in relationship to talking to, Um, I'm trying to think of like a group, an organization, um, like who, who, who would, who would need to hear this? Um, about creativity? About like, like, let's say like a theme of listening. Let's just say that like deep listening, listening for the artist, right? So what organization? The American Psychological Association. Ho! Ho! No, I mean, I'm not even joking. Like, but I, like, do, like, I definitely uh, think that they're... Like, like nurses. Okay, l- l- yeah, let's like go... Yeah, like people in the health, mental health community could definitely benefit from that. Great. So then Kaiser Permanente, right? Yeah. Like for me doing a, me doing a 20-minute talk for Kaiser Permanente. Yeah. Like that would be outside of my, my usual zone. Definitely. And yet it would be an integrative uh, uh, process to share uh, what, you know, alternative I mean, that approaches. audience would know what Q2 meant. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, they would definitely know that. <laughs> a lot of other stuff. A lot of other words, too. You might need my help on that talk. Yeah. <laughs> my, yeah, might need to be notes on your notes. What was I thinking? <laughs> no, I'm just saying you might need some yeah, notes. Yeah, some, some, some structure. <laughs> some atom energy. Yeah. Octon. Um, so yeah, so I feel like I, I feel like that's where you're. At least that's what came so, up for me as you were sharing. So forget my idea. What's your idea for no, an no. extension of the Q2? Because I because I'm I want you to state a goal today. I'm going to hold you to the fire. No, no, no. It's it's not. I'm not saying no to your goal. What I, what I'm saying is is I'm saying yes to your goal and then putting an application on it. Meaning like develop this 20 minutes for like a corporate environment. So is this the the goal is to develop a 20 minute talk? With the intention of giving it like and like and let's say I make a list of like 10 potential places I could pitch this talk to five five eh, you're fun I'm, I'm 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 looking into it hang on I'm, I'm tapping into my higher self my medium self my lower self what I would like to do is I would like to I, I I'm more comfortable calling it a presentation a presentation yeah okay yeah. as opposed to a talk because I because I, I always have people doing things I'm not gonna like I I'm, I always have people doing things. I'm not. Yeah, no, no. I know. I know. It, I, yeah. I had that in my head when I presented it. Like yeah. Josh is going to bristle because it's not experiential. Right. And I'm all about experience. Yeah. You yeah, want yeah, the. Yeah. But I think you can give a presentation and ask people to do stuff. Oh, for sure. Like I, I've already done it a couple of times where I just have people pair up in the audience and then they and they do like little experimental things that I sh- I walk them where through. Where I'm coming from on this as your coach. Yes. Is to yes, say, doctor. Um, I think that there would be a benefit to you of encapsulating your ideas in a cohesive way for yeah. the for the long for, that would be benefit you long term. Right. So I'm so the I'm Josh saying Josh Townsend method. Yeah, there you go. The the Townsend method, which <laughs> I really like. But um but yeah, so doing like a 20 minute presentation or talk and then having that so that's the entry point to having the experience. Right, which is obviously naked improv. Which is <laughs> which is naked improv but Josh Townsend. Yes, and 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 coconut oil. So Yeah. Um so yeah, yeah, so doing that, uh, I feel like that would be the. I would like to um, not make it a QT, a QT. That's funny. I'd like to make it a Q3, in in terms of execution. You're traveling. You're traveling. No, no, not not because of that. Just because I want to. I, I want to develop it, and then I want to. Uh, I want to present it. Yeah. And I feel like to give myself a six month window is more. Um, that's fair. More beneficial. 
Yeah. Um, and then I also want to put in the caveat of of any any cor- any corporate or office environment. So it doesn't have to be like for like corporation. Yeah, you know? that's fine. But it, you know, like it, do it at like a co-working space wherever you want. <laughs> no, I'm just here. Uh, yeah, a, a company, a, a company, some kind of some place with glass, glass and concrete. Glass, concrete, and central air conditioning. That's the yeah. goal. Yeah, I wasn't even. Oh, oh and, it. and windowless. Make sure it's windowless. Conference room with no windows. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but 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 you know that kind of environment. So whatever 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 industry they're in, I don't know. But but yeah, I mean, it could be a media group. It could be you know, don't know. But but presenting to mainstream people. Let's mainstream, let, yeah. let's say let's say it that way. Yeah. Is that? That's fine. Concrete? I actually was not as tied to the environment in which you presented as you going through the process of encapsulating what you believe about creativity and how artists work in a talk a presentation um Mm. that's what i think would be the value for you because i think it would anchor you in a lot of the other work you did are you saying i'm not anchored? you're anchored you're anchored (laughs) you're so anchored it could just could be like yeah anyways that's my thought all right josh you're gonna um six months september 30th i've set my calendar yeah. So uh, I call you. Uh, I'm going to have the talk. Six a.m. Uh, I'm going to have the presentation talk ready. You call me at six a.m. Yes, and I'm going to I'm going to have it ready and executed or ready and scheduled. Yeah. So I'm going to give myself that little that's fair window as well. I think we did it. And this is one of our longer episodes. <laughs> it's been terrible, terribly good. Terribly. Uh, um, so British. Again, if you care about setting creative goals and visions and all those things, go to the website. It's not too late to download the workbook and set some goals and do an inventory of when you've been happiest creatively and to work from a process place. Uh, notesonyournotes.com forward slash 2019 or just go to the website and click on it. I'll put it in the show notes as well. And Joshua, thanks for being so open today. Wow. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for noticing absolutely actually you, you want to you want to know something between you and me <laughs> yeah and not, are not our listeners uh-huh. yeah not our listeners yeah this uh-huh. we're gonna edit this out but um actually i i set the intention today to do what to to share something that i don't normally share oh, on, on the show today and i i didn't have an, a, a thing as to what it was i was just saying i want to share something i don't normally share very nice yeah, so you're, you're good in answering all my questions about what changed for you thank you I was your inner life yeah so that was that was really helpful I mean, and you talked about your family constellation therapy which i thought was cool yeah and, and a bunch of other modalities i work i work i work with a lot of modalities and it's you know it's um it takes a lot of work to be me <laughs> just the hair alone <laughs> yeah it's just the like hair alone's a lot of work yeah it's a lot of work This has been Notes on Your Notes. I'm Adam Lesser with Joshua Townsend here. Go to the Facebook page and Instagram. Like us. That's where Josh puts out all his stuff. Um, Great. And I occasionally post, very occasionally. Uh, You can email us a question. We've done a couple of listener questions recently, which is hugely helpful for us. Notes on your notes at Gmail. Uh, We'd love to get it. The music on the show is courtesy of Kevin McLeod, and the sound editing design is courtesy of me. We will talk to you next week. Bye.